I'm Kelly Kleiman. And I'm Jonathan Abarbanel. And we're the Dueling Critics. Welcome to our podcast of reviews and news about Chicago theater. And today we're talking about Intimate Apparel, the play by Lynn Nottage, being produced by Eclipse Theater Company and running at the Athenaeum Theater Complex through August 24th. Now, Lynn Nottage is the African-American playwright who uses her pen to explore and espouse the position of women, not exclusively African-American women, as her most successful play, Ruined, is set in a war-torn, unnamed war-torn country in Africa, a play that won her the Pulitzer Prize and which had its world premiere here in Chicago at the Goodman Theater several years ago. Intimate Apparel is a different sort of play in which her tone, her attitude is a little gentler than it is in Ruined, and in which she gives us the life of an African-American seamstress working in Harlem in 1905, a woman who at the age of 35 thinks her romantic prospects are all behind her. And I understand that completely, of course. One thing that you neglected to mention, Jonathan, about Lynn Nottage is that she is also the winner of a MacArthur Genius Grant. So she is officially designated as one of the shining stars of our literary firmament. This is a lovely play. Esther Mills, who is the seamstress, sews intimate apparel. She sews underwear for wealthy women and her friend who is a prostitute and also wears fancy underwear. She enters into an epistolary romance, a letter-writing romance, with a man who is working on the Panama Canal and falls in love with him through the letters, and when he returns, she marries him. Unsurprisingly, the marriage isn't exactly what was anticipated in the letters, and because at the same time, she's found herself very attracted to the Orthodox Jewish man who sells her beautiful fabrics for her under the conflict between what she wants and what she thinks she can get becomes quite dramatic. I think the play has a great deal of charm and Lynn Nottage's skills drawing the characters, her skill in this play with comedy, with humor, in contrast to the tragic tone of Ruined. Her ability with humor really gives this play a great deal of strength. I don't think the plot elements, and there are several, are particularly original but it is the charm and skill with which she has arranged the pieces. It's a little bit of an epistolary romance. It takes something from the Cyrano de Bergerac playbook because neither the seamstress Esther or her swain in Panama, George, are actually writing their own letters, as we find out later on. It's a little bit of the situation we have seen where a husband says to the wife, you don't respect me, you don't love me, or you'd give me the money that you have. But the charm of the characters, the short but telling scenes in Intimate Apparel give it a great deal of strength, as does a lovely cast and a nicely paced production directed by Steve Scott. Kelly Owens as Esther Mills, the seamstress, is just lovely. It must be difficult for a pretty actress to play a plain woman, but she manages to do it, and she brings her warmth into all of her encounters, including those with her landlady, with the cloth salesman, with her friend who's the prostitute, and, of course, with her husband, no matter what a disappointment. A particularly 
poignant relationship is the one with Mrs. Van Buren, who is the white society woman for whom she sews most of these incredibly fancy garments. And Mrs. Van Buren seems to be in the process of having a nervous breakdown and makes Esther into her friend, or so she thinks. The inequality between the two of them, however, quickly makes it clear that any friendship would be very difficult. Mrs. Van Buren is stuck in a loveless marriage, if you will, the the mirror image or the parallel to what is going on with Esther, and Esther can see what comes of that, what happens with that. But there are the race points made also. Van Buren thinks that Esther is her intimate friend, but as Esther says to her, how come if I am your friend that I've never come into your house through the front door? Mrs. Van Buren also thinks it would be exciting to go with Esther to a black theater production, a variety show in Harlem, but lightly dismisses the idea that she, Mrs. Van Buren, could take Esther to the Metropolitan Opera. Inequality runs all the way through this piece, and yet it's not actually the focus. The central love relationship between Esther and Mr. Marx, played beautifully by Eustace Allen, is all about equality. The two of them are in love with fabric, and through fabric they fall in love with one another. At one point she touches his hand, and he pulls his hand back. She's quite offended, of course, and she says, the color won't rub off. And then he explains that that's not the issue, that as an Orthodox Jew, he's not allowed to touch a woman who is not his wife or his mother. And because of that, a lot of garbage is cleared away in their relationship, and they're able to interact quite honestly. One of the things that I love about this play is that although the end is not a happy ending with birds tweeting, it leaves you some room for hope that Esther will, after all, find some happiness. And it's really a relief to see a gentle play like Intimate Apparel. One of the things that I really enjoyed about it is that it uses super titles so that each scene is preceded by a note about the kind of fabric that's involved. However, people who sat in the front row of the tiny Athenaeum space complained that they didn't notice that there were super titles because they would have had to crane their necks so much. So my recommendation is don't sit in the front row. Since the play has a great deal to do with costume, with clothing, both intimate and otherwise, it's probably useful to note the period costumes which really speak and portray 1905, particularly the women's outfits, are designed by Rachel Lambert. She designs a series of very colorful blue and red and gold and green corsets that are worn by, in turn, each of the women, sewn by Esther, and eventually Esther even puts one on herself. Somehow, Jonathan, I'm not surprised that you were so delighted by the corsets. Well, I, but wanted, yes, I wanted to try one on myself. Well, that's really what I thought. Anyway, it is a lovely show. I recommend it very highly. Intimate Apparel continues at Eclipse Theater, being performed in a studio theater at the Athenaeum through August 24th. Now, Jonathan, you have some news for us, right? There's been a great deal of news about the difficulties of Next Theater Company in Evanston, an award-winning off-loop company that is now more than 30 years old and owes the city of Evanston something like two years back rent for their space in the noise center. And the news reports are that the next theater was going to be kicked out. In the 
latest twist, the Evanston City Council, at the urging of the mayor, has given Next Theater Company through May 31st, 2015, to come up with a plan to repay what it owes the city of Evanston. This will allow Next Theater Company to produce its complete 2014-2015 season at the Noy Center, where it has been for more than 30 years. But Next and its board of directors, they have to get their act together and figure out what's going on. In another piece of news, Congress has pretty much decided that funding for the National Endowment for the Arts in fiscal 2015, which has already started, will be $146 million and some small change. This is precisely the amount that President Obama had proposed way back last February. Congress, House, and Senate spent time adding $8 million, then taking $8 million off, then taking another $8 million off, then putting that $8 million back to finally come up with precisely the figure that Obama had requested in the first place. There's a vulgar expression for that having to do with liking the taste of the beer better after you've pissed in it. (laughs) My colleague Kelly and I sometimes differ over whether the National Endowment for the Arts should exist at all, the whole subject of whether there should be public funding for the arts. I am in favor of it. Kelly has certain reservations. It's not our intent to debate those reservations now. I simply want to point out that at $146 million, the NEA is funded at $30 million less than it was at its peak, which was in the late 1980s, in 1980s dollars, and that $146 million is significantly less than one ten thousandth of one percent of our federal budget. The Dueling Critics Podcast is a production of Miracle Podcasts. Remember, if it's a decent podcast, it's a miracle. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or go to duelingcritics.net and click subscribe by email to have us delivered to your mailbox hot and fresh every Friday morning. You can also listen to our back catalog in SoundCloud, follow us on Twitter at Dueling Critters, and like us on Facebook. Most important, you can hear us on alternate Sundays on 90.9 FM WDCB at 8 o'clock in the morning when we contribute to the arts section. I'm Kelly Kleiman. And you can read Kelly's work at HuffingtonPost.com and at ChicagoNow.com slash The Nonprofiteer. I'm Jonathan Abarbanel. And you can read Jonathan at WindyCityTimes.com, TheaterMania.com, and Footlights.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.